Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. And W-O. And Neil for the secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, your Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. You can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work for Bleacher Report. Um, we are on the road to the Elimination Chamber this Sunday. And then after that, I think it's uh, Fastlane and then WrestleMania 35. So a lot of things going on before we get to the Chamber and the preview for that. I do want to ask you, you know, about this whole in you know insertion of Charlotte Flair into now the main event and you know that's been the big story at least on my Twitter timeline for the past week or so where you know it was supposed to be Becky and Ronda in the in the I would assume the main event of WrestleMania 35 for the Raw Women's Title and then now this story they're trying to to tell about you know she was hurt she didn't get cleared she had then she had to apologize for attacking stephanie and triple h and then this past monday on raw she did apologize i guess hunter and stephanie you know took that apology mcmahon came out vince and said i don't you know accept that apology you're suspended for 60 days which is you know which will end quote-unquote at the wrestlemania and says um Tonight in the main event is going to be Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, and we all know how this is going to end with Becky somehow, some way, getting back into the main event to portray the triple threat. But I want to ask you: When McMahon did say Charlotte is now in the main event and not Becky, just you as a fan, you you know you you, you kind of know how this is going to go. But were you kind of surprised of how? pretty much every fan of wrestling was so all bent out of shape because Becky's not, not in the main event knowing that some sometime down the road this will be a triple threat match? No, the reaction I think it was exactly what they expected it to be and exactly what they wanted it to be. Um, I had heard from someone yesterday that actually the video they posted of Charlotte Flair being announced as the replacement for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania Unless I haven't checked out, I haven't checked up on it myself, but this this is pretty crazy if true. That it was the most disliked video in the history of WWE's YouTube channel, which is pretty amazing, and that says a lot in terms of how um, few people want to see Charlotte in place of Becky at WrestleMania. Clearly, Becky will be added back. I mean, that's obviously more a matter of when than if. Um, but I do think it will be the three way match, the triple the triple threat match that has been rumored for weeks now, and not back to Becky and Ronda one on one. There is still time for them. To to rectify the situation, get Charlotte out of the picture, put her up against Oscar at WrestleMania, which I've been saying for months now makes the most sense for Oscar, for Charlotte, for everyone involved, and to do Becky and Ronda one on one at WrestleMania, the match we never got at Survivor Series. Um, but the reaction was exactly what they wanted it to be. And I heard some theory, which is probably partially true, 
that in putting Charlotte in the match, it puts all the heat on Charlotte and takes away all the attention, if not most of the attention, away from Ronda Rousey, who was getting booed pretty heavily in the face of Becky Lynch coming out of the Royal Rumble. So now that Charlotte's in there, she's a full-fledged deal. People will poop all over her. They'll boo her all they want, blah, blah, blah. And then Ronda Rousey won't take nearly as much heat as she did before. Even though when we get to the triple threat at WrestleMania, people will still be booing Ronda Rousey the same way they booed Shawn Michaels back at WrestleMania 20 when it was Shawn, Triple H, the hated heel, and then Chris Benoit who went on to win the whole thing. I think Becky's still winning at WrestleMania no matter what. I don't think that's within question. Right. I just think the path in getting there should be different with Becky pinning um, Ronda Rousey herself. We talked about this at length last week. I still don't agree with Charlotte being involved. It's not necessary. I know they want to put Charlotte in there so they can have her be the one to take the fall, whether it be Ronda or Becky. Probably Becky, let's be honest here. Um, pinning Charlotte to become champion, but I think Ronda Rousey can sustain the loss, and if it's not Becky Lynch beating Ronda at WrestleMania, then who? Because no one else in the main roster makes really on the roster just in general makes sense to beat Ronda Rousey at some point. Um, so that being said, the decision, and I mean, obviously it was frustrating and people were like, oh, how could they do this? This is uh, awful, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's still two months till WrestleMania. They have plenty of time to add Becky back in. I think people were more so mad about the fact that Charlotte's involved at all and that they know where this is going, um, that all three are on a collision course towards a triple threat match at WrestleMania. I think people are more so, so upset about that than they are the fact that Charlotte was added um, or Charlotte replaced Becky because we know that won't stick. Yeah, I, you know, like I told you last week where or was it last week that I felt that they were going to add Charlotte, which I, you know, me, Grant, I have no problem whether it's a one on one with Becky and Rhonda, whether it's Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, but I felt like they would add Charlotte because they do not, I, you know, they do not, in my opinion, don't want Rhonda to take the fall. Um, now, if it was one on one, then there's no choice. But I think with her getting booed with every promo she does with Becky and Becky's getting cheered day in, day out, you kind of get in, you, you kind of put Charlotte in that mix where if if the fans are going to boo somebody, they're going to boo Charlotte. They should be cheering Ronda Rousey because she, she, she's not a heel. Uh, everybody loves Becky now. And I feel like Charlotte is in there for one reason, one, one reason only, two reasons, to get heat and then to take the fall uh, for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania because they're not gonna, they're not going to do all this and have Becky lose at fucking WrestleMania. Because to me, that that don't make no sense. But plus the fact that you know, with the rumor that Ronda might be taking time off at the WrestleMania, you kind of get that, you know, that question, that that cloud where, you know, she never lost a title, she never got pinned, she never submitted. Um, Becky pinned Charlotte. So now with with Ronda being out, when she comes back, her thing is now. Can she get the Raw Women's title back without being, you know, pinned or submitted at WrestleMania? And then they can do this whole uh, horse horse woman thing kind of dynamic, which I think would be cool. So I think um, I have no problem with it. I, I think th- the main question is if that is going to still be the main event. I think it will be. But the story, the question I have for you is the story, the story that, they, that they're doing. Um, 
I get where they're going, where they're trying to rehash what Stone Cold and, and, and Vince did uh, 20 years ago, where you know now Becky is going against authority with Stephanie and Hunter, the same old two people. She's attacking them, and then she has to apologize, or now she's you know suspended and all this stuff. But are you a fan of the story? Does the story make sense, or do you feel like deep down a part of you feels like? They're trying a little bit too much to get the Becky, the man character over when it's already over to a degree. I could see both sides of it. I could see people saying that, oh, Becky Lynch is being overpushed, blah, blah, blah. Having her like in every segment on the show on Monday, I didn't agree necessarily with that. I feel like that's a good way of getting her overexposed. We have a brand split for a reason, I think. And there's always pros and cons to it. But I think the biggest pro of a brand, uh, of a brand split is to not have certain people on both shows constantly. Despite the fact that Becky was suspended initially, she was brought back the very next fucking week, and then she was on SmackDown, then she's back on Raw. Charlotte, same thing. Charlotte, it kind of makes sense because she's a heel, so mm-hmm. you want to feel sick of seeing her. Becky, that should not be the case with her. So, like, the constant segments backstage this week, before the whole Charlotte thing um, happened later on in the evening, you had Finn Balor coming up to Becky, you had this person, that person. If you want to tell a story... Throughout the course of the show, I think that's fine. But, like, the question of whether she would apologize to the authority, I feel like, is such a stupid hook for the rest of the show. Like, it's not whether Becky will suffer repercussions or whether she'll go off on Stephanie or break her arm. She's threatening to beat her up or something. It's the fact that she has to apologize, which I thought in and of itself was pretty weak. Um, So, again, I understand why they're doing it because, again... Like I said, WrestleMania is not for another two months. So they have more than enough time to have this story unfold. And they can't have Becky and Ronda go at it every single fucking week, like talk shit to each other every week on Raw. That's going to get old pretty quickly. So they have to do something to spice up the road to WrestleMania um, without the without running the risk of getting this story to you know grow tiresome or sickening, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the path they're taking to WrestleMania so far has been slightly questionable. And they might be pushing the Becky Lynch edgy character a bit too much but it's not to the point where like oh she's ruined they botched it blah 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 it's not that at all but i do think they try a little too hard and they get a little too cute for their own good when it comes to like you know making becky out to be the next stone cold steve austin she's Mm. the first becky lynch so i wouldn't you know um do the exact same interactions like kind of model this same formula they did with stone cold and mcmahon 20 years ago because yeah it worked back in 98 and 99 but it's 2019 and certain things will work certain things won't work and they have to kind of create their own story and uh do their own thing and have becky lynch create her own legacy and not live vicariously through stone cold steve austin right. but i think so far it hasn't been terrible it hasn't been an awful story. They haven't messed it up. People have heard, I've heard people say like, oh, they've already botched the story. I don't care anymore. I wouldn't go that far whatsoever. But there are a few slight tweaks they should make between now and WrestleMania in a few months. So how do you think they insert Becky back in, you know, into the match where, you know, quote unquote, she's suspended for, you know, two months or whatever. But how do you think they... How do you think they do it? How do you think they should do it to insert her back where, all right, they have no choice but to put Becky back in the match? Whether it's a triple threat match or they take Charlotte out and put Becky in back in, back into into the one-on-one. Well, not only do we have two months till WrestleMania, we also have two pay-per-views before WrestleMania too. We have Elimination Chamber on Sunday, which will be a non-factor because we have Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot, and I'm sure Becky and Charlotte may appear on the show in some capacity. I think Charlotte already announced she'll be in the crowd for the Ronda Rousey Ruby Riot match. 
Um, I could see Becky Lynch getting like involved or, you know, brawling with Charlotte in the audience. I don't think it'll lead to a match. I would save that for Fastlane. I still say the February and March pay-per-views, aside from WrestleMania, of course, are complete unnecessary bullshit. I don't think we need them. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you want to fill what you have, fill the time between now and WrestleMania, you can do Becky and Charlotte at the Fastlane pay-per-view. If Becky beats Charlotte, either she takes her spot back into the matchup, or if she beats her, she gets added back in. I would do the first one because I don't want Charlotte in the match, obviously. But if they wanted to go the other route and have Charlotte in there for whatever reason um, and have Becky beat her to get back in the match, that would make sense too. I don't know. I feel like with Charlotte, I mean, she's established enough to the point where um, none of these losses hurt her. But at the same time, I tweeted out the other day like, I know in storyline, she doesn't need a reason to be in the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania because, you know, she's a heel. Mr. McMahon put her in that spot because she's entitled, blah, blah, blah. But, like, from a storyline standpoint, if you really think about it, when was the last match that Charlotte, like, the last important match that Charlotte won? Because as far as I can remember, she lost to the Royal Rumble. She lost to TLC, Survivor Series. Super Showdown, she technically won at, but... Or WrestleMania, know, right? She lost at Evolution. She lost at Hell in the Cell. That's dating back like six or seven months right there. Mm. The last real big match she won by pinfall was at SummerSlam in August. So if she loses again at Fastlane, and assuming she loses again at WrestleMania, that doesn't speak too highly to her credibility. Again, I know it's Charlotte Flair, and it doesn't really matter what they do with her because she'll still be a main event player in that women's division no matter what. Mm -hmm. But it just seems slightly questionable when you look at it from that standpoint. But nonetheless, I do think this is uh, pointing to a Becky and Charlotte match at the Fastlane pay-per-view in March. It's amazing how you have two two uh, females from SmackDown going after the Raw title and, you know, McMahon's, you know, suspends Becky and doesn't get anybody from Raw to take her spot. She's, he said, oh, you know what, I'm going to get somebody else from SmackDown to take your spot where basically anybody else on Raw, Ronda already beat or is not really in that kind of realm to be competing for the title. That's crazy. Yeah, I tweeted out about a week or so ago um, that I think the only women – that have not been beaten by Ronda Rousey one-on-one -on, -one on Raw. And they have a pretty big division. I mean, it's not like the men's division by any means, but they have a lot of women on Raw. She's beaten Becky, uh, she's beaten Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss, even Alicia Fox, Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot, she's already beaten before. Um, Liv Morgan, you name them, she's beaten them. Nia Jax. Maybe right. the the only two women I know come to or three women rather that Ronda Rousey is not beaten on Raw one on one include Tamina who she's already tapped out in tag team action multiple times, <laughs> Dana Brooke who she's beaten up already a few times, uh -huh. and Ember Moon. Ember Moon is the only one that has been exempt from the Ronda Rousey uh, push in the last year, um, and she's hurt right now. So I'm sure if she was around, she would have got beaten too. But yeah, beyond her, I mean, everyone else Ronda Rousey is beaten. Further solidifying my suspicion that Ronda Rousey is SmackDown bound by the next superstar shakeup or hopefully by the time that SmackDown moves to Fox in October. That was rumored a few months ago, but now looking at the landscape of Monday Night Raw, like Asuka, when Asuka showed up on the main roster late last year, she beat everybody on the road to WrestleMania, aside from, um, I, no, I think, I'm pretty sure she beat everybody, which is why they moved her to SmackDown. So I think the same thing might happen with Ronda Rousey come April. I, I know that was kind of a sidetrack, but I did want to mention that too. So then if it is Charlotte, Becky, Ronda at WrestleMania for the Raw title, what direction do they go to for Asuka 
and the SmackDown Women's title because I haven't seen I haven't seen Oscar in, in quite some time. No, we have not seen Oscar in a minute. I know reportedly that Oscar still WWE still has plans for Oscar on the road to WrestleMania. Like not a big big match because it seems like their top four or five matches are already set for the most part. Um, I mean, obviously the WWE title match, the Universal title match. Becky Lynch and Ronda and likely Charlotte Flair. That's top three matches right there. Whatever Oscar is going to be involved in will not be a marquee match by any means. So assuming Charlotte stays put in the Raw Women's Championship picture, what do you do with Oscar? Well, first of all, like you mentioned, Randy, she's not been on SmackDown in weeks. Unless I missed something, unless they fast forward over something or I was in the bathroom when she was on TV, we have not seen Asuka on WWE TV since the fucking Royal Rumble. That was three <laughs> weeks ago, dude. And it's, it makes no sense because she beat Becky Lynch. She beat the Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. And she's not even on TV. Like, that makes zero sense. And I know I, I tweeted that out this morning and someone said, oh, you know, they have a big enough roster. They have too big of a roster. You can't focus on anyone on everyone at any given in time and also too then i agree with this to an extent it would be better than them being on tv and being given zero direction on the same coin though i would say this that two things one she's a champion so if she has no direction that's fucking set how does the champion of the women's division on smackdown have no direction and second of all she doesn't have to be wrestling every week but the very least they could have her doing on tuesday nights is have her appear in vignettes or cut a promo have her talk about the charlotte becky ronda thing it just feels like between both brands right now it's all about ronda it's all about becky and it's all about charlotte and it's just a never-ending cycle of women and that's fine because the story they're telling right now is great but it leaves oscar on the outskirts looking in as an afterthought because she hasn't been on tv in weeks and the same can be said for like our truth who just won the u.s title who has not been on the show and fucking since he won the belt which makes no sense but going back to oscar who does she face at wrestlemania that seems to be the big question with everyone right now again assuming charlotte stays put in the raw women's championship picture i honestly don't have an answer for you i would say naomi but we've seen that before they did it on smackdown um late last year and it was a good match by no means, no, by no means was it WrestleMania worthy, mm-hmm. um, and no one else on that division in that division really makes sense to face Oscar at WrestleMania, unless they build someone up real quick, which I don't see happening. Like Mandy Rose versus Oscar, I don't care to see Sonya, don't care to see the Iconics. Who gives a shit? Selena Vega is not a threat. Lana by no means is a threat. Even if they built up Nikki Cross in the matter of two months, which would be hard to believe because they just had her lose the Ruby Riot in five minutes on Raw clean. Um, I don't even think that's a WrestleMania-worthy match at this point. I heard people saying Shayna Baszler, which isn't happening. She's still down in NXT. So I don't know. I really don't. I mean, would the title even be defended at WrestleMania this year? I would hope so with this whole women's evolution bullshit. And they don't even have their SmackDown Women's Champion on the show. I think Charlotte and Asuka makes the most sense because they have history from last year. And Asuka wants to avenge the loss to Charlotte from WrestleMania 34. It's a story just waiting to be told and they haven't done it yet. And again, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now. It's March or rather February 15th as we speak, Randy. And there's plenty of time between now and WrestleMania to do that match and to build up that belt. But as of right now, I don't have much faith that they have really anything let alone anything like notable in mind for Oscar WrestleMania this year. Yeah, I, I think if there was somehow some way where like, man, like uh, you know, I know Charlotte's in the main event now, but somehow if she had like a match from from now on before Mania, and then Oscar was to get was to get involved and make her lose, and Charlotte's like, all right, why did you do that? 
let me go, you know, go back at you for your belt, and then take me out of the main event. Then you get Becky back. I think I think it's a mess, uh, you know, uh, for 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 my opinion. But I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, like you said, one if that belt is going to be defended at WrestleMania. It might not, and if it is. Who are your candidates? Like you mentioned, uh, Naomi's, the Carmellas, and I, re- I really, really don't know. Um, but if it is Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda at Mania, it does, f- you know, provide a big gap that they have to fill out for SmackDown. Again, there is time to make it go to Charlotte and Oscar to avenge her loss from last year at WrestleMania, which I think makes the most sense, that, like you mentioned. But. I don't know, dude. I think it's a mess, and I, I think it's very interesting to see how they just kind of, you know, change shit around. Yeah, we'll see. Like you said, I think the only real word that you can use to describe this whole situation right now is a mess. It's one giant mess at the moment. Um, that being said, I know their big claim to fame WWE's is is that it's just a wait and see approach. I mean, I have very little faith in them because very it's very rare that they prove that they know what they're doing with stuff like this. But I will, like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt. There is time before WrestleMania. Maybe have they have some sort of grand plan in mind. But as of right now, I'm just not buying it. And I don't know. I mean, so here's the thing with Becky. I mean, they can always have her like suing storyline. Like I won the Rumble. Like Randy Orton about a decade ago when he kicked Mr. McMahon in the head. He was like, oh, I have a Royal Rumble title shot. I'm entitled to it. If I don't get it, then I'll sue the company or blah, blah, blah. And storyline. They could do something similar with Becky and then not keep Charlotte in the match. But Mr. McMahon can say, like, listen, I can't have you in the match, but I'll give you a SmackDown title match instead. That would make sense. And again, they have time to tell that story. But come mid-March and we don't know what Asuka is going to be involved in yet by that point, that's when I'll start to get um, worried about what's in store for her at WrestleMania. As of right now, it's a wait-and-see approach. Before we get to the chamber, other things uh, we came across, uh, possibly Batista at WrestleMania 35, to what degree, we don't know, but that's the rumor out there, and we kind of had, you know, little inclinations that there might be a Batista return, because we saw the SmackDown 1000 episode, and him and Triple H were kind of like joking around, going back at it, saying, Triple H, you've done everything in this company except beat me, so lighters go off in your head, and... You probably start thinking Hunter and Batista at WrestleMania. Hunter gets hurt, I think, at the Crown Jewel event. And now, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I did hear AEW has been trying, trying to acquire Batista, but then I also read that he's not interested in going anywhere else besides WWE. So, if it is WrestleMania 35, I'm, I'm cool. I'm all for it because someone like you would say, well, at least he's not going for the title. I don't care what else he does. But if it is him at WrestleMania, I think all, I mean, I think it would have to be Hunter depending on how injured he still is or he might be fucking healed by, by now. But I think him and uh, Hunter and Batista make the most sense. You could do Batista Randy Orton. You could do Batista John Cena. Anybody, you know, from that era from Batista. But if he does come back at WrestleMania 35, are you okay with, with him having a match? And if so, with who? Definitely. I'm a big Batista fan. I've been waiting for him to come back since he left back in 2014. Um, the, Triple H match ma- the Triple H match makes the most sense. I mean, he's talked about it before ad nauseum on Chris Jericho's podcast back when he left a few years ago and um, before Guardians 2 came out back in 2017. Now, the only person 
at that time anyway, maybe his mind has since changed. The only person he wanted to wrestle at WrestleMania was Triple H, and it would be his final farewell, and that would be it. Um, if he went to AEW, which, again, I'm not ruling out as a possibility. I think that's very indeed probable. I think if he went to AEW, or at least is in the talks with AEW, which I'm sure is actually a thing because he's good friends with Chris Jericho, who's like leaving the campaign right now for everyone to go to AEW. Um, he's probably using that as, as leverage to get a better deal with WWE. Brock Lesnar is reportedly doing the exact same thing, and it's hard to blame him. Um, if WWE really wants these guys, they'll pay the money to keep them. I think they should get Batista, Brock. I don't really care about them keeping Brock at this point. But with Batista, so the Triple H thing I've heard, I've heard conflicting reports about. A week ago I heard he wasn't clear to compete, and he won't be clear to compete by WrestleMania, and they were considering other options for Batista at the show. Mm -hmm. Then I read the other day, in light of all this Batista AEW news, that he was cleared to compete and that they might very likely be doing the match at WrestleMania. Yes, I know it's mid-February. We haven't seen Batista back on TV yet. But again, we have two pay-per-views between now and WrestleMania. Why would he show up now when you can have him show up after Elimination Chamber, right. after Fastlane. For whatever reason, I just get the gut feeling right now that he won't be back. They did plant the seeds, like you said, Randy, back at SmackDown 1000. It's a match I want to see. No, it would not be anywhere near on the level as the WrestleMania 21 match or their string of matches and their rivalry back in 2005, which I thought was great and really helped put Batista on the map. Um, but it would be a nice way for Batista to go out, and it really makes the – he's the only real logical opponent for Batista at WrestleMania. Unless it's like an attraction match with Brock Lesnar, which isn't happening because he's already facing Seth Rollins at that show, then him and Triple H makes the most sense to me. It's like the big part-timer versus part-timer match at WrestleMania. You can have it go on third or fourth, be done with it. We move on. Batista loses – you know, he rides off into the sunset, and that's it. That's all you really need to do. And it would be a nice get for the road to WrestleMania with Goldberg not being there this year. Undertaker, his status is up in the air at the moment. Um, but, yeah, the whole Batista thing, I'm in favor of it. I think he would come back to WWE over AEW, but it may not be this year if the Triple H thing isn't happening. For whatever reason, I get the gut feeling Batista isn't coming back. But um, if he is, he would be facing Triple H. If it's not Triple H, I don't know what else you do. I mean, you kind of made a joke there, Randy, about him, you know, people saying that he shouldn't be going for the championship. Quite honestly, let's look at it from this perspective. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Rollins has the Universal Championship locked up. But what about the WWE title? I think we talked about this here on the show before a few weeks ago. But, like, with Daniel Bryan, there's no one obvious opponent for him at this point at WrestleMania. So... Batista and Bryan, they do have unfinished business from four or five years ago. They have that history. They, we know they work well together. Um, Batista can come back as a babyface. People want to see him back unlike the last time. I mean, last time it was under the wrong circumstances. And how fitting would that be with Batista coming back this time as the babyface, Bryan right. is the heel, whereas it was the other way around five years ago. I think that would be a nice dynamic. I don't know if the people would turn on Batista. I wouldn't think so because he's such a big movie star right now. Um... But that would be a good match to do. It wouldn't be any different than John Cena going for the championship, who is also a part-timer, a lot like Batista. Um, so that really wouldn't be much different if the Cena match falls through. Because if it's not Cena and it's not Batista or another part-timer, I don't know who else you have face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So if it's not Triple H, Daniel Bryan would be a fine opponent for Batista at WrestleMania. I don't think he would want to do that, though. After what I've heard him say in recent years, I think Triple H is the only opponent he wishes to face at WrestleMania in his likely retirement match. I I agree. I think it should be 
Batista and Triple H, if that's not plan A, there's always a plan B, like the great philosopher Triple H said. Um, <laughs> you know, as a compensation in the event, Hunter is, is you know, still injured, giving Batista that title shot at WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan will be, I think, a pretty fair compensation, uh, a pretty decent plan B, because like you said, if it's not Cena... I don't see AJ again. I don't see Orton. Um, at least, at least for the title, Jeff Hardy and the Mysterios and Ali's and Kofi's and uh, uh, Samoa Joe could, could could still be an option, but I don't know. Um, you know me with the whole thing with um this whole um, Eric Rowan stuff. You know me like Plan eighty five would be Bray Wyatt, but I know you don't see that <laughs> happening. Um, I. I don't know, bro. I, I really, I, I think it's tough to kind of pinpoint right now. But if you had, to, if you had, if you had to ask me today, there's always a John Cena out there because you know trying to get title number seventeen. That's you know that's a story by itself. Bray Wyatt with the whole Eric Rowan uh, kind of stuff they got going on, and Batista. Um, I think those are Daniel Bryan's only three, three main options right now for WrestleMania. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if you look at the landscape of SmackDown, there's not too many opponents that make sense. I mean, Hardy and Bryan we've seen before, and Hardy's not really going for the championship of WrestleMania, let's face it. Um, Rey Mysterio would be cool. I don't think they would do that at WrestleMania. I mean, really, who else is there? I mean, Samoa Joe, if they turn face, maybe. But they beat that guy like a fucking drum to the point where he doesn't really mean as much as he did even a year ago. Um, Ali's out for the foreseeable future. I, I really don't know. They need a top-tier name. It's, it's amazing because if you look at the SmackDown roster, they have an amazing wealth of talent, but none of them make any sense to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania because we've mm. already seen Bryan and AJ a million times. Right. Um, even Randy Orton, I mean, I feel like he and AJ are better a, a better fit for each other than Bryan with either one of them. And then Joe Nakamura and Brian would have been an amazing WrestleMania match had they not made Nakamura out to look like a fucking loser since last year's WrestleMania. So again, they don't really have much else to do right now in terms of who can they can have Brian face at WrestleMania. But like I said, if it's Batista is a long shot. Bray Wyatt, you know what, Randy? Anything can happen. I talked about it a few weeks ago. He was a loser last time we saw him, but we've seen stranger things in, in this company. Um, anything yep. can happen, but I think as of right now, I'm still sticking with my guns with John Cena coming back to go for the gold at WrestleMania. And what do you think about this rumor I saw that um, they're trying to make a second pitch to Dean Ambrose to stay in at the WrestleMania because the main thing we saw was that all signs point to him leaving. There's still people out there that think this is a work, that he's really not leaving. Um, but, I, you know, his contract runs out pretty soon, uh, pretty pretty much at the WrestleMania. Rumor had it that he was not going to resign. Then you hear all the AEW rumors and whatnot. But I read somewhere that they're trying to make a second pitch to try to make him stay. Uh, what have you heard? What have you seen? And do you think Dean Ambrose is going to stay at the WrestleMania or do you think he will leave at the WrestleMania? Yeah, I read the report as well. I still think he's on his way out. I don't think he's resigning. Um, there's always a chance. I mean, they always say, oh, he's not coming back. Well, how do you know? I mean, he can always change his mind. He could wake up tomorrow and be like, yeah, you know what? I want to stay. I don't think he is. 
Um, they're really not doing anything with him at the moment, which I think is indicative of his current status in the company, that they don't really care to do anything with him if he's not going to be sticking around. I think it'd be cool to see him stick around, but I don't blame him for wanting to leave. As I said a few weeks ago when the news first broke, it was disappointing, but not surprising. When I hear that Sanity um, is not happy with their SmackDown status, it's disappointing, but not surprising. Same can be said for Ty Dillinger, for the Revival, for the Usos. The list goes on and on and on. These are all talents that are good to very good, but they're not doing anything of note right now on their current show. So why not just leave if they have the ability to and go elsewhere and explore other endeavors and other options? Um... But yeah, with um, who are we even talking about? I'm so, oh Dean Ambrose. I apologize, I got so off track. I forgot who we were even yeah, yeah, talking Dean about. Ambrose. Here. I forgot he was even on the roster for a second. Um, <laughs> Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I think he is resigning at the end. Of, or, I mean, he's not resigning. Excuse me, at the end of the day, come April. Oh man, well that'll be you know we'll see because you know he did lose to EC3 a few weeks ago. Then he got the win back. Then. What'd you make of him coming out to Seth uh, in the ring and saying, like, you know, go get the beast or whatever, beat the beast, and then you see Rollins kind of smiling at him like everything is cool, and I, I don't know what they're doing with Ambrose. If this, is, if this is the sign where, like, he's leaving that he has to kind of, like, lose to everybody and job to everybody and make amends before he leaves, but I thought that was kind of interesting where... You know, he, he he goes to the ring and just says like, like go get him, some some shit like that, and it kind of threw Seth off guard. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what you take uh, from that. Yeah, that was weird. I had read the report, and again, take this for the grain of salt, but I'd read a report that said that Ambrose was supposed to come out and say that um, I turned on you, Rollins, because you were the only one who really ever understood me, and that's why I betrayed you on a night where I didn't really know what to do with Roman Reigns' leukemia announcement, blah, 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 which would have actually been an amazing promo and been more explanation for his heel turn than anything we got two or three months ago with the whole vaccination shit and the whole the people are smelling shit and all this other garbage writing. Um but reportedly, he wasn't feeling that promo, so he didn't do that promo. All he said was slay the beast and that be it. And so I don't know if they're turning him back face. I really don't know. He's in a state of flux right now. Mm. It's really a we'll find out when it happens type of thing. But, um, yeah, the whole interaction between him and Seth Rollins was uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, then we had Kofi Kingston go like pretty much like an hour or so in a, in a, a gauntlet match to, to determine who will be the last entrant into the chamber on Sunday. I uh, read that that was going to be the Mustafa Ali spot where I think he was going to be the person to get like three victories and um, lose to AJ and whatnot. But Ali is out with an injury, so he won't be in the, the main event at, at the Elimination Chamber. Kofi Kingston will be, but... Uh, from SmackDown, that match, what'd you make of it? And what, you know, kind of thinking like, is there a bigger push coming for Kofi Kingston in the future? No, definitely not. Absolutely. <laughs> Damn, not. man. People saying that, oh, Kofi Kingston on the verge of finally becoming a main eventer after a decade <laughs> can just keep dreaming. Can just keep dreaming. The guy's been in the company for 10 years now. Why would they wake up one day and be like, oh, let's push Kofi Kingston? It's because Mustafa Ali got hurt, and he likely would have been in that spot had it not been for his injury. So because of that, they plug Kingston in there. And I thought it was a great approach. Don't get me wrong. I thought the match was great. I thought Kofi looked great. It was probably one of, if not the biggest night of his career. Um, and pinning Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy and going toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. I thought it was great. They made him out to be a real contender. And they made him a threat to the championship in one night. So mission accomplished. 
But once he gets eliminated on Sunday, I don't want to hear anyone crying like, oh, man, they should have put the belt on him. Why? I mean, maybe for a month, I'll give you that. But, like, if they want to put the bells on him for a month because, oh, he deserves it, which is such a dumb excuse, by the way. Everyone fucking deserves a world title. Everyone works hard in this company for the most part. So, like, oh, the he deserves a shit. Like, okay, so does Zack Ryder, but you're not hearing me campaign for him for a world championship <laughs> match either. It's so stupid. It's such a dumb mentality. But anyway, um, if they want to get it over with, put the belt on it for a month and have him do, you know, do uh, Kingston and Brian at the next pay-per-view. Because we do have another pay-per-view before WrestleMania, like I said. And uh, he did pin Brian in the gauntlet match, so it would make sense. That's fine. But Kingston is not walking into WrestleMania as champion. He's not going for the title at WrestleMania, nor should he. I like the New Day, but the guy's been a goof for the better part of the last five years. Why would I buy into him as a WWE champion? And once he gets the belt, people you know will be complaining like, oh, he's not like, why is he champion? Like, yeah, he got his moment. But, like, the actual run of Kofi Kingston as WWE champion, I can't say anything about it because it hasn't happened and likely will never happen. But I just can't imagine it being anything great. Like, certain people are meant to be mid-carders. Let's face it. Kofi Kingston has always been and always will be a glorified mid-carder, and that's fine. But you're not going to go out of your way to put the championship on him, especially in the road to WrestleMania. Again, for a month, it's fine. But, like... It's the whole thing like with Santino Morella five, six years ago when people were going nuts for him inside that chamber match when he almost beat, coincidentally enough, Daniel Bryan to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Would it have been a cool moment? Would the crowd have gone crazy? Sure, but an actual World Championship run by Santino would have been a fucking joke. So like with Kofi Kingston, the guy should stay right where he's at. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity, and I hope he looks good in defeat on Sunday. And honestly, he has a good chance of winning because I'm not saying they won't put the championship on him because there's a decent chance they could. I'm just saying long term, like going into WrestleMania and beyond, the guy's not a main eventer. He never has been and he never will be. But I thought it was a good run by him in the gauntlet match nonetheless. And um, anything else from Raw SmackDown that was noteworthy that we should bring up before we get to Chamber? Oh, uh, no, that was about it. Aside from Undertaker being announced for StarCast over Double or Nothing Weekend, which tickets did go on sale this past week. And, and so uh, I am right. going with Mr. Marceau RJ. So I will be there in attendance. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'll get the chance to meet The Undertaker. I'm not willing to spend $500 to meet this guy, whatever the fucking price tag would be. Mm. But, um, yeah, that should be exciting as well. So you're going to StarCast, but not Double or Nothing? Or are you going to both? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to Double or Nothing, and I'll likely be going to StarCast, yeah. Oh, so that's uh, in May in Vegas, right? Yes, Memorial Day weekend, mm, correct. Wow. So, uh, you know, I heard they sold out like in five minutes. I'm pretty sure Mark is happy to hear about that. Of course, of course. We're going to get Mark <laughs> here on the show ahead of uh, Double or Nothing to help break down the show and, and preview mm. it and whatnot. Right. Um, well, you know, go out there, have a good time, enjoy it. Uh, I guess you let me know how the whole, you know, aura is for this first uh, first show. I don't, I don't know if it's on pay-per-view or anything like that, so we, we, do, we still got to figure out, um, like, what network they're going to be on and how they're going to, you know, broadcast the show online, pay-per-view, all that good stuff, but um, go out there and have a good time, bro. Thanks, brother. Yeah, no, it should be a great show. I would assume it will be on pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. I know All In was on pay-per-view, but they also had it on, like, the New Japan Network, and they had it on the Ring of Honor streaming service, but they're not working with either company right now. So I think, unless you can, like, buy it online and watch it on, like, Fight TV or something, which is also possible, it'll likely be on pay-per-view. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's going to be great. They already announced uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, um, Cody Rhodes versus a mystery opponent. So you know they're going all out with the show the same way they went with All In. So we'll see. It should be a great event. All right, Graham. Here we go. Uh, I'm pretty sure a a pay-per-view network special that, that will be better than Double or Nothing. Elimination Chamber. Wow, no, no, that's a controversial. <laughs> right? Now fuck with you. Um, we have where, where do I start? Pre-show, Buddy Murphy, Akira Tozawa, Cruiserweight Championship. I don't watch two hundred five live, so uh, I'm, I'll just go with the champ, Buddy Murphy. Who you got? Surprise, surprise! The Cruiserweights get moved to the kickoff show. Who could who could I have know, possibly right? seen this coming? Wow. Um, it'll be a good match. Buddy Murphy's winning. Yeah, next match. All right, here we go. Um, Bobby Lashley and and Leo Rush against Finn Balor in a handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. So two on one. I don't know if they're going to be tagging in or both at the same time, but basically it's a two on one match for the IC title. Do you have Bobby Lashley winning or do you have a new champion, Finn Balor? I know the idea is that if Balor pins Rush, which he already has before on Raw, that he will become champion. I still think it's stupid to have the championship defended in a handicap match. I was so sick of the handicap matches when they got rid of Baron Corbin as GM, and then they bring them back like the very next month. I'm so done with this shit. That being said, um, I don't think Balor is winning here. I think putting the belt on him eventually would be fine. And I think it's a little too soon to take the belt off of Bobby. They took the belt off of Ambrose within a, within a month. So unless Bobby Lashley's losing or leaving the company too, I don't think he's losing here. Um, so I'll keep the championship on Lashley and assume he will win this match. I will go with Bobby Lashley as well. So we got one, two. We had The Miz and Shane McMahon against the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Uh, I know we saw the rumor over the, the report of one of the Usos got arrested or something like that. So we don't, we'll see how that goes for Sunday. Um, Miz Mac. Or the Usos, who you got? Oof, Mismack, woof. Um, <laughs> this should be a good match. Um, I don't know how the arrest will affect the Usos' status for Sunday. I'm sure they'll still appear because you know people have been arrested before. It's weird. The company's very strange with stuff like this. Maybe it involves, I don't know, it's a clause in their contract. I'm not exactly sure. But like I've heard of people getting arrested before or being pulled over. And sometimes they'll be suspended, and then other times, like, nothing will happen. So I don't know. I'm not sure how this will affect them on Sunday. I don't think it'll affect them at all. I think they'll still appear. There's a good chance they could win because they're not threatening to leave like the Revival did, reportedly. Um, but their contracts are up in April. The Revival had threatened to leave, and they put the raw fucking tag titles on them. So maybe the same thing happens with the Usos on Sunday. I don't think it will. Um, unless they do the rematch at Fastlane, I think Miz and McMahon are losing the belts at Fastlane mm-hmm. and not on Sunday's pay-per-view. So I have uh, I have Miz and Shane winning here. I will go with the Miz and Shane as well. Usually when we you know when 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 me and you do this, I like to you know pick one and you pick the other one. But I think so far we're on the same page with majority of these matches. Um, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin in a no DQ match in a match I really just couldn't give a shit about. Um. I'll, I, you know, I will go with Baron Corbin somehow, some way. It is, it is a no DQ match, so that kind of protects Braun and not losing in, in a regular pinfall submission. So I will go on a limb and say Baron Corbin for the W. Who you got? That is 
absolutely atrocious, Randy. Wow. <laughs> I've heard some bad takes in my day. That's a pretty bad take. I will see. Jesus. We'll Losing see. a Baron fucking Corbin. That is career suicide. But then again, it can't get much worse for this guy. We talk about Bray Wyatt here on the show all the time. He is literally, not Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, the second coming of Bray Wyatt. Maybe he got the Bray Wyatt like stench on him during the Wyatt family days. I'm not sure. But like this guy can never win when it matters most. Granted, this match means nothing. There's nothing on the line. No DQ stipulation. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll use a couple chairs. Who cares? Um... I, Baron Corbin is losing here, I would say. I think Braun winning this is a slam dunk. So I'll say Braun Strowman wins, and if he doesn't, he might as well quit and go to AEW and show up as strong uh, big man or whatever the fuck his name would be over there. Hey, man, we're seeing Braun take some pretty uh, big L's with to, to Brock and Roman and stuff like that. So he, he hasn't been booked you know, the way you guys want him to recently. So... Why not? Why not have Baron Corbin, you know, the constable, the, the the professional Baron Corbin get a W on Sunday? Why not, right? Why not? My network subscription says you, you why not. Know why? We'll you want to know why? You want to know why? Because he deserves it. He deserves it. Like <laughs> that shit. Yeah, exactly. God, um, so stupid. All right, you got Braun. I got Baron. Who else we got next? We got, uh, okay, tag team elimin- elimination chamber match for the inaugural Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax, Tamina, the Riot Squad, uh, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. The Iconics, Bailey and Sasha, Naomi, and Carmella. I think it's going to come down to Naya, Tamita, and Bailey, Sasha. Um, I mean, neither feel like a true tag team anyway. But I... Oh, man. I want to say Bailey and Sasha, but part of me says Tamita and Nia Jax, and then, like, Bailey and Sasha go on the... The, the, the sprint to kind of get those belts and have a feel-good moment at fucking WrestleMania or something. But uh, you know what? I'll go with Nia and Tamita. Who you got? So it really only comes down to two teams. Like you said, Nia and Tamina and Banks and Bailey. Um, I don't hate the idea of Banks and Bailey chasing the championship going into WrestleMania, but I feel like we've had this never-ending story with them chasing these championships that haven't existed until now um, for like a year. So I would just hurry it up, put the belts on him on Sunday. Nia and Tamina winning is exactly what this company would do to like get you excited for the idea of tag titles and then put it on a team that sucks. But um, at the same time, though, so if you do that, then you have to do Nia and Tamina versus Banks and Bailey at WrestleMania. But it's not a WrestleMania-worthy match. That's like, that feels like something I would see on Raw. So I, I would not do that. I would put the belts on Banks and Bailey on Sunday – and this might sound a bit far-fetched. It really isn't because we've heard before that they might be brought back at some point. Either Trish and Lita going for the belts of WrestleMania. I mean, granted, they wouldn't win. But I think it'd be a great attraction, a great attraction for, for the women at WrestleMania and for uh, in the card itself and for Banks and Bailey. I think it'd be a cool match. If not them, then the Bella Twins. I'm not as high on that idea, but I could see it happening because we haven't seen them since Evolution. But I would rather see... Um, Trish and Lee to go up with the belts of WrestleMania. Either way, I do think Banks and Bailey walk out of Sunday show the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So you're okay with people from the Attitude Era coming back and winning a world title at WrestleMania? Are you you're okay with that, Graham? Uh, these are the tag team titles, Randy. That Still. is a slight difference. Uh, 
And and I'm not saying they should win them. I'm saying that they should go for the championships because it's an added attraction and it helps put over the current talent. And it's a match that people would want to see over Nia and Tamina versus Banks and Bailey. Listen, if we had more tag teams that men signing in this company with the women, then I'd be all for it. I'd be like, hell, why would you bring back these two women when you could do this? Match? Unfortunately, like I've said before, with these tag team titles. We have a division, granted, but none of these teams mean anything. The Iconics are losers. The Riot Squad are losers. Nia Jackson, Tamina, they are awful. Rose and Deville have some potential, kind of on their own, more so than as a tag team. And then Banks and Bailey are glorified singles wrestlers, but at least they have chemistry and you know they work well together. And then Naomi and Carmella were thrown together at the last minute. So I still am not high on the idea of women's tag team titles. But um, you know what? It's the only WrestleMania-worthy match that makes sense at Mania to ensure that the match would not be put on the pre-show. Because if you do it, Nia and Tamina versus Banks and Bailey, guaranteed it would end up on the kickoff show. Give uh, bring back Trish, Lita, let them go for the titles at WrestleMania, and, uh, the tag titles for the for the women. In a fucking TLC match, and TLC ladder match, give me all that attitude, era, extreme Trish and Lita. Let, let's 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 do it. Why not? Exactly. Why the hell not? Exactly. Give me them two: Sasha Bailey, Nia Tamina, TLC match, women's tag titles for uh, in general. Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> let's just fucking do it. Exactly. I agree with that. Um. So. You have Bailey and Sasha, or did I get that wrong? No, yeah, I have Banks and Bailey. Yep. Okay, so I got Nia Tamina. What else we got? We got one. T- okay, okay. R- Rousey, Ruby Riot. Uh, I think you know we, we both got Rousey on uh, Rousey on that one. Kind of, kind of figure out how would you know what role Charlotte plays, what role Becky plays, or even Stephanie and Hunter. We don't know, but I think we both got Rousey with that one. Um, and I guess the main event, the Elimination Chamber for the WWE title, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and Kofi Kingston. Hey, I mean, when was the last time the WWE Championship main event in the pay-per-view, right? You know, honestly, Randy, that is a great fucking question. And I think the answer would be Fastlane last year. I don't think it's main event of the show since then, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um... So Daniel Bryan with his wooden uh, recyclable whatever championship belt. Um, I still think Daniel Bryan's going to win. Should be a very interesting match. I mean, you know, for me, I want to see how it sets up Fastlane, WrestleMania, do two other people in this match kind of build a feud and build a rivalry to go forward because they all sound like great names, but I'm trying to figure out how does, how does this set up WrestleMania and forward or fast lane to WrestleMania and then with Daniel Bryan I think winning who becomes the next challenger for him so I got Daniel Bryan um, in this one yeah me too I got Daniel Bryan going over as well um no one else really makes sense I would be you know happy to see Joe win or Hardy or whoever um or not so much but None of them really make sense unless they put the belt right back on AJ and they do Orton and AJ at WrestleMania, which I do think is happening, just not for the championship. That's one route, but then what do you do with Daniel Bryan? They built him up for so long, only to take the belt off from right before Mania would kind of be shitty. So um, keep the belt on Bryan. 
I I just I hate the idea of a fucking pay per view called Elimination Chamber because they do it right before WrestleMania and these pay per views are always so meaningless, dude. We have seen these championships successfully defended inside the chamber way more than should be necessary. Like the championship, logically speaking, st- statistically, should not be successfully defended inside the chamber when you have like a one in sixth chance of winning. Alexa Bliss did it last year. Edge did it like eight or so years ago. Randy Orton did it one time. John Cena's done it before. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, The New Day. That's a lot of people that are retaining their titles inside the chamber, which is ridiculous. Um, So I I would have the championship change hands just to switch things up, even if it was for a month to put the belt on Kofi. It's not happening. Daniel Bryan's winning. It's not the worst-case scenario. I just don't like the predictability of it. But if nothing else, it should be a great match. When was the last time the title changed hands in the chamber? Um, not last year. The year before that, we didn't. Uh, Twenty-seven. Oh, so two years ago, and Bray Wyatt won. That there you the go. Time. There you go, my guy. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray fuck, I honestly forgot he was even champion. That's oh, what Roman on, that was. Man. Come on, you 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 need to stop. <laughs> you you got to stop disrespecting Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler. Jesus. I mean, I kind of get gender by now, but come on, man. You got to, you know, all this slander towards these guys got to stop, man. Gender who? That's my question for you, Randy. <laughs> former gender, who? gender, former world champion. That's who. Gender on his way out of the company. Hopefully, well, of all the people that are asking for their release, why not fucking gender? I'm pretty sure I saw him on main event this week facing Tyler Breeze in the B team. How has that guy not asked for his release yet? He probably knows he won't get away. He won't go anywhere else and be successful. So it's probably why. Never mind. Listen, man, if I was booking the main event, I, you know, I'll have Daniel Bryan go over. And then again, because I'm a big Bray Wyatt supporter. I think it makes sense with him, with Danny Bryan, with Eric Rowan. He wins the match, and somehow the lights go off and come back on, and Bray's in the ring. And I mean, Graham, that's the, that's the easiest way to set something up because you don't want to be like, oh, is it John Cena? Is it Taker? Is it Batista at WrestleMania for Daniel Bryan? I think right there and then, it just makes sense. Maybe I'm just I'm just uh, too much of a Bray Wyatt fan, but maybe I want, I want him to be back more than you do. But from a logical standpoint of, of a story, with you know with with the promos and this this ecological earth things and I know Bray Wyatt can say a whole bunch of shit about that in the promo and he does have Rowan on, on, on Daniel Bryan's side so I think from a standpoint of logical of logic it just makes sense and I think they do, they should do it at the chamber don't wait to SmackDown uh, to bring him back but again man if it's not him I, I, I don't I don't know where they go from here. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, honestly, that's not the worst idea. I'm just thinking from a story. I mean, from a storyline standpoint, yeah, it makes sense. I'm just thinking like the last time we saw Bray Wyatt, he was losing to fucking Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. So, but you know what? This company's made Jinder fucking all the champion before, so anything is possible. And um, you know what? It would be two full timers against each other as opposed to a part timer, neither Batista or Cena. So, there is something to be said for that as well. Um. So that's the chamber. Seven matches in total. Uh, I doubt this will be a four or five hour show. It should not be. So, I mean, again, a show that's just going to be there. I don't think it'll, you know, accelerate any storylines. Could we see a title change? Maybe with Finn Balor. Maybe I doubt it with, I 100% doubt it with, with the Rousey match. It could be with the tag titles for The Miz and McMahon. Daniel Bryan will keep his title. 
And I think the most interesting match would be that women's chamber match for the tag titles because it is the inaugural match. And um, and my big upset of the night would be <laughs> Baron Corbin against Braun Strowman. And we'll see. We'll see. I hope your last prediction is horribly wrong. <laughs> um, beyond that, though, it should be a decent show. I mean, these shows are usually pretty irrelevant, but maybe they'll surprise me. Set your expectations low. Be mildly optimistic, but expect nothing and appreciate anything that we get on Sunday. That's my mindset. I hear that. Uh, Graham Matthews, always a pleasure having you on. You can find him on Twitter at WrestleRants. You can find two out of three falls podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. SoundCloud.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Download rates comment subscribe on on itunes you can also buy the two out of three falls t-shirts on pro wrestling again two out of three falls t-shirt on pro wrestling slash cruise control graham enjoy the chamber i know we'll get back to uh, you know we'll get back on the show next week to review the chamber and any other rumor out there so enjoy that and i know we'll catch up soon bro of course, Randy, thank you for having me on the show as always. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. Keep following the buzzards, even though I don't know where that's going to lead you. And I'll talk <laughs> to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.